0: On Front Page with me this morning is Datuk Wong Sai Wan, Editor-in-Chief from the Malay Mail, and Siti Farhana Sheh Host Producer of uh, the Society with Farhana on Astro Awani. Good morning, folks. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, let's take a look at this first headline. EC, need for supporting documents um, for a change of address, a fair move. Election Commission uh, Chairman Azhar Azizan Harun said the move announced by the government was fair, as it would help the commission ensure that voters' addresses in the electoral role actually existed. He said it will help combat electoral fraud and prevent irresponsible parties from registering voters in certain areas or moving them from areas to other areas using fake or third party addresses and it will um, help the EC create an electoral role that is more accurate of integrity and credible especially in the issue of the validity of voters' residential addresses. though, is it fair enough to ensure fairness in the election process just this alone?
1: I think is very silly. Democracy is about who I want to vote for. If tomorrow my brother decides to contest in Johor Baru, is it wrong that I move my voting address to Johor Bahru to express support to my brother? There is only a finite number of voters. If a party A moves supporters to B, I mean in his A area, he would have lost out in the number of voters. So it equalizes. So really doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make a difference, yeah? But, uh, but I mean, I read that they wanted you to, to show your electricity bill or your phone bill to prove that you live in the area. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, somehow it's, it feels like this freedom of speech thing. It, on one hand, you can speak, but uh, you must follow 10,000 rules. It really doesn't affect democracy. I think integrity of electoral role is about how genuine the voter is is that person alive? Mm, that's important.
0: city yeah, yeah. uh, and another issue we need to address as well, or the EC needs to address. City uh, Farhana, what are your thoughts on this?
2: I personally feel that the EC has taken, you know, a few progressive steps for electoral reform and, you know, the current ruling or, you know on the need for supporting documents is actually a move in the right direction because, you know, it is something that is sort of calculated to ensure sort of free and fair elections and to avoid electoral fraud as sort of announce, but certainly there is plenty of room of improvement. On parts of democracy, I feel that surely providing a supporting document as a mean of enforcement shouldn't be as much of an infringement to democracy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but then again, like I said, there is plenty of room of improvement in terms of, you know, how of the electoral system design is being reformed. So, certain, certain areas that hasn't been actually looked into, like probably uh, identity politics or boundary delimitation, absentee voting, and even overseas voters, you know, are crucial in ensuring free and fair elections. And these are the kind of areas that the EC could probably looked into other than you know just this particular part
0: coming back to the whole you know dead voters voting <laughs> what are yeah. your thoughts on you know stopping nipping that in the bud
1: for the next GE there should be an exercise because an election is not officially due for five years or four years take that four years clean up the electoral roll connect with the national registration department Mark it against all the uh, death certificate and you should be quite easy to clean it up. Uh, I think there were reluctance previously because everyone thinks it's easy to gerrymander an election mm-hmm.
0: Well, when we come back, we'll be taking a look at Nurul Iza to serve her final term as MP. That's up next here on Light. Win your share of 15K with Sounds Like a Song starts at 9am. <laughs> on the page with me this morning is Datuk Ong Sai Wan, Editor-in-Chief from the Malay Mail and Siti Farhana Shehiya, host and producer of the Society with Farhana on Astro Awani. Now, the Permatang Power MP Nurul Iza Anwar has revealed that she will be serving her final term as a federal lawmaker in a report that came the same day as she quit the Parliamentary Public Accounts Committee, the PAC. She was quoted telling Singapore Straits Times that she was disappointed with the Pakatan Harapan administration's slow pace on reform and policies and she cited Putrajaya's obsession with 1MDB as a factor and not enough focus on bread and butter issues. She said 1MDB can serve up to a point point. After that, people want some comfort and improvement in their daily lives, which I'm sure we can all appreciate. And earlier this week, she and Segambot MP Hannah Yo protested against keeping Kian as after he defected to Bersatu recently. Both insisted that the PAC must be headed by an opposition MP. Datuk Wong, can you tell us what the PAC actually does?
1: What the PAC does is that it actually can call up any financial matters that affects Malaysia. People are to think it's only about the government it could be anything it's a public accounts committee Right. anything that affects the public financially the PAC can call it up question it summon people to testify and censure that is about the limit of the power of the PAC mm-hmm. because its reports are supposedly public except for one that we all know of mm-hmm. so her quitting the PAC is symbolic her threatening to quit as an MP is is also symbolic. While I agree with her that this present government has pushed the obsession of 1MDB a bit too far, mm-hmm. although it is quite a lot of money, I don't think you should threaten your own party, your own coalition, that manner.
0: Right. What are your thoughts, uh, Siti Fahana?
2: Yeah, I think just looking back the very role of the PAC to ensure that accountability in presence in all aspects of uh, pertaining to public expenditure, there probably is a need for her to basically... Petition that, you know, the chief to be from an opposition to ensure that the system of check balances for the government is still in place. I think, you know, for us fresh off a 61-year-old ruling, uh, government ruling, we do not want, you know, the same mistakes to happen twice, mm-hmm. especially right under our noses. You know, we've had many promises being made, many manifestos in parliaments and all that jazz and I think nearing a year already of the government ruling, the new government ruling uh, it's time for the government to actually really deliver their promises and just stop giving in to probably defectors and, you know, go through the checklist and the manifestos and actually check what's right. been done, you know, what's, what is what is there to do. Right. And
0: she said other things as well to the Straits Times in Singapore, yeah? among oh, she is, did. Um, Yeah.
1: I do not know if this is something that runs in the Ibrahim family blood. That, that family seems to have a nash to speak to foreign media and on important matters. Mm. I wonder whether it is a conscious decision or my colleagues in Singapore are Super journalist. I'm not very sure. <laughs> I can't put my finger on that. No, but the thing is this. The biggest worry for me is that the government cannot seem to speak in unison. While the prime minister said, oh, what's wrong with Candy being the PSC chairman? Then less than 12 hours later, we have the deputy speaker says, oh, uh, because th- once you change the speaker, mm-hmm. you have to rehear everything again and don't not waste time. So he says, let him finish the thing, then we can appoint a new chairman. So I'm wondering whether 12 hours from now, will there be another statement to contradict that? Right. (laughs) Okay.
0: Well, when we come back, we'll take a look at another headline. UM student group slams vice chancellor for saying magic clown caricature was provocative. That one's up next here on Light. On front page with me this morning is City Farhana Shehy, host and producer of The Society with Farhana on Astro Awani, also Datuk Wang Saiwan, editor-in-chief from The Malay Mail. student group from University Malaya has lambasted its vice-chancellor for describing a clown caricature of Datuk Seri Najib Turanza as provocation. Suwara Siswa said they regretted an unclear statement by Dato Abdul Rahim Hashim who said that unwelcome incidents could be avoided if all sides avoided provocative words And actions. This was uh, in reference to this kerfuffle that happened a couple of days back. Now, in your opinion, Farhana, was it right for the students to use a caricature for the protest? Is this really a big deal, a provocation?
2: I mean, caricature has long been used as a form of protest in many demonstrations, you know, either here or abroad. The very nature of a caricature is that it's supposed to be a satire, it's hard-hitting and to all extent will be viewed as offensive to the target group. So I personally feel that the students have every right to their freedom of expression as enshrined in the federal constitution in using these caricatures because it doesn't constitute as hate Mm. speech. Well, in the past, people have
0: been, you know, jailed and and charged for even very peaceful protests like, you know, releasing yellow balloons and whatnot.
1: And the, it is meant to provoke, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, for me, the vice chancellor said nothing more than stating the obvious. Yeah. yeah. Okay? The clown caricature is meant to provoke. What I don't understand is that any form of criticism of people who are protesting against Najib is widely criticised. And it should be fair game for all. Mm-hmm. I mean, the students couldn't even spell rakyat properly. <laughs> <laughs> rakyat. <Rick-yard. Yeah. laughs> rakyat. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, look, take it as it is. I condemn the action of an Amnon Supreme Council member for threatening or uh, did actually beat up the, ki- the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what they were. They were kids. But that should be the spirit of a university life. You protest against something you don't believe in. I mean, if I were Najib supporters, I would have gone around and says, hey, look, I'll take in pictures with the five of them. I'll go and say, look, is that all they can muster? five people? Mm, yeah. Why Why? Why do you want to go and take them on, hit on? Was there an agenda by the gentleman who did it? They were so abhorred with Najib's presence, there should be 5,000 people there, not five. Right. Mm. And they should have taken political advantage of the fact there were only five of them and they failed miserably.
0: Okay. Do you know if there will be any um, action taken against either parties for this scuffle?
1: Well, Malaysia Keeney had it uh, streamed live, him beating up somebody yeah. and I think the police charge.
2: Action definitely speaks louder than words, I feel, you know, to avoid future violent <laughs> behavior.
1: But I think that's exactly what he felt. <laughs> <thought>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but
2: <laughs> that's true, yeah. Coming out, we'll be taking a look at the
0: uh, signboard saying Japanese heroes. We're here. That's up next here on Light. Win your share of 15k with Sounds Like a Song. Starts at 9am. On front page with me this morning is Datuk Wong Saiwan, Wan, Editor in Chief from the Malay Mail, and Siti Farhana Shehia, host and producer of the Society with. On Astro Awani. Kadah State Executive Counselor in charge of tourism, Muhammad Asmirul Anua Ariest, oversaw the removal recently of a signboard at a Japanese war monument which had described its soldiers involved in the invasion of Malaya as heroes. He said, I instructed and personally removed the signboard to quickly rectify the matter so that it does not become an issue. Uh, he said, We will be putting up an anti war board. It will serve as a lesson for the future generation to stand against war and raise sentiments that could lead to war and disharmony. Given the historic context of the Japanese occupation of Malaya and the atrocities carried out on the the local people during this wartime, is this monument even appropriate and has anyone objected to the signboard so far?
2: I think everyone objected to the signboard. <laughs> yeah, it caused quite uh, you know uproar in social media and also in you know other media platforms that the signboard was just inappropriate and that it was rather insensitive you know to be labeling them as war heroes when you know we have had a long and brutal sort of Japanese occupation. And what's interesting to me is that it's not just people who are of age who actually went through you know this this Japanese occupation, but it's young people who are voicing out you know on behalf of their mm-hmm. grandparents you know on social media that, you know, this is wrong, you know, people should be more sensitive and it shouldn't be done in the first place. Yes. Why
0: was this monument even erected? Uh, Datu.
1: Well, actually, the Kedah and Police Historical Society discovered these graves, and it was a monument in nineteen forty-one. It's gone into disrepair and all that. I think it was redeveloped as a historical site. This morning or yesterday evening, the Kedah government blamed the contractor who put up the signboard for a wrong translation. I I think it's it's more than that. It's I don't think there were enough thought given to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. However, please remember that we have a lot of. British War Memorial here as well. Mm-hmm. True, uh, they occupied us for a longest of time. We also have a Famosa. Many Portuguese warriors were buried there as well. So, uh, on one hand, I don't think we should object to someone's grave. What I think is distasteful is that uh, a historical society did not give this thought. Mm. If, if it's uh, just you and me, we're not knowledgeable. We put it up; it looked nice. We can plead ignorance, but a historical society.
0: Yeah, there's a difference between soldier and hero. Yes, yeah, they're two very different words. Um, has there been any response from the Japanese consulate?
1: Absolutely.
2: Yeah,
0: none. <laughs> none. No,
1: because it's not their fault. They didn't put up the
0: signboard. No, exactly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, hopefully that
0: is noted. Um, Coming up, our Prime Minister says we have to retaliate against the EU. What is that about? We'll uh, explore that next here on Light. On front page with me is Dr. Wong Sai Wan, Editor-in-Chief of the Malay Mail and Siti Farhana Yahya, host and producer of the Society with Farhana on Astro Awani. PM, we have to retaliate against the EU. Um, he says that the European Union are vilifying palm oil and trying to impoverish the nation. And it is time for Malaysia to retaliate. There is a war on our palm oil and we have to protect our country's wealth. He accused EU countries of feigning concern for wildlife and the environment when in actual fact their main concern was the tough competition given by Malaysian palm towards edible oil produced by those countries. Um, what are your thoughts on this, Dr. Wong?
1: 30 years ago, our same Prime Minister launched the Buy British Loss.
0: Mm-hmm, I remember that.
1: Okay, A bit before your time, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, But you know what? It worked. Okay, The Buy British Loss really, really worked. Because I think that was the launch of Thun's foray as a third world leader. Is he doing it again? I don't think so. I think the French, the Swedish, and the Italians, and Germans have been trying to sell us their uh, multi-role fighter because because it's due for us to replace them. And I think Thun has chosen the right subject because uh, I think the armaments uh, lobby in Europe is very strong. Mm -hmm. And just as the Palm oil lobby is very strong here. Palm oil has been grown in this country for over 60 years, 70 years. And this country, palm oil has been replanted at least three generations or four generations. What wildlife.
0: Yeah, it's the same old plantation. That yes, been that's released. right. Yeah. yeah,
1: Couldn't the Europeans pick on companies rather than product? It's like, for example, now the Boeing 737 MAX 8 and 9 has been grounded because it's not safe does it mean that we are all going to ban American planes? No. We don't buy the MAX 8. I, I think that's what Europe needs to learn. The European elections are coming up next month mm-hmm. uh, or is it June? And uh I think this is just part of it. And I think Tun is on the right track to wave that red flag at them. All right.
0: Uh, how much of our palm oil revenue actually comes from the EU? Prahanu?
2: I think about in 2017, about 6% of the national GDP is from palm oil industry. So that's revenue generated about $77.8 billion. And the EU specifically, you know, revenue from palm oil and palm oil-based products exported to EU stood at $11 billion. So that's mm. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I think looking back also the fact that so many jobs are produced, you know, from the palm oil industry. You know, small farmers, about 40% of them mm-hmm. are small farmers who who are working in plantations, who are relying on this palm oil industry. So an attack or uh, palm oil oil is definitely going to affect these farmers in the long run. You know, back then, during Felder time, they were earning, you know, about a few USDs a month. Now they are earning about... 5000 20000 per month because of this industry. So they rely a lot on this industry and a ban on palm oil is definitely going to affect that.
0: How would a poor relationship with the EU affect the country?
1: Oh, it will affect quite badly <laughs> yeah. uh, because EU as a whole is our third biggest trading partner mm-hmm. after US and China. But I think it's it's more than that. I think the EU also depends on Malaysia for a lot of its exports as well. Uh, They do as much business with us as we do with them. So, someone needed to wave the red flag and, uh, you know, the French were so supportive of the palm oil until it, Looked as though that we were going to buy British aircraft,
0: ah, mm. so got and then, to and this balik batu lah. Yeah. I'm not saying that. I it
1: just <laughs> seemed that way.
0: Mm, okay. Well, thank you very much, Datuk uh, Wang Saiwan from Malay Mail and Siti Farhana, host and producer of the Society with Farhana on Astro Awani. Thank you for joining me this morning. Thank you.
2: Thank you.